This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you today as I wear my App State t-shirt. My App State flag is hanging on the wall here in the studio. And today's guest, David Pollock, will be in Boone, North Carolina on Saturday for college game day. That's right. This is a huge week for me as a fan. And if you are a part of Unpacking the Ministries, you know we're a ministry for sports fans. So I am a crazy sports fan just like you. And of course, with my alma mater pulling off such a big upset last week against Texas A&M, they had an epic game against UNC the week before, a game that I was at, and it's only, uh, now we're heading into week three. And so now to have a home game in Boone with game day there, really, really exciting stuff. Uh, oh, I meant to, I forgot to mention this to David, but Luke Combs is going to be the, the guest picker for game day, uh, which is, I know David's a country music fan, which I'm not a huge country music fan, but I will say Luke Combs is fantastic. And if I listen to country, Luke Combs is one of my favorites. Of course, Darius Rucker, uh, another one of my favorites. Um, so there's a few, there's a few guys, uh, but Luke is fantastic. He rep, he represents, uh, app so well, uh, within country music. And so, uh, glad to have him there. Uh, but today on the unpacking a podcast, thrilled to have David Pollock back on the show for the sixth time, six straight years. He has been a guest on our show and I believe that is the longest streak here at Unpacking It. So we have been doing the show. We just celebrated 10 years of the, it began as the Unpacking It radio show. So we've been going 10 years, six of those years, uh, David Pollock has been a guest. So very, very thankful uh, to, to have him on uh, again. And, and so we have a really fun conversation. Of course, we talk some, some college football, but honestly, if you want to hear him talk college football, you got to watch college game day. I watch him on PTI on Fridays as well. Um, and, you know, he's on, Sports Center and everything else uh, in between the during the week, um, but on this show we love talking faith with him. We love talking family with him. Uh, he's got a lot of wisdom, a lot of good insight. I, I was encouraged. You know, he's a little further along in the journey uh, in regards to being a dad uh, compared to to me. I've got young daughters, um, and so he just offers some really honest, cool insight uh, on our show. And and so I always appreciate his boldness and his willingness to. Uh, just say it like it is in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, he, he doesn't have all the answers. He's not perfect, but man, he shares some good stuff. So I think you'll, you'll be encouraged, uh, when you hear the interview today, 
Uh, I do ask him about App State and really the the thing to consider if you're just a you know average sports fan and you're not you don't follow App State closely that the fact that they have been this relevant, this consistent in their last 100 games, they're 80 and 20. They they go toe to toe with you know some of the top programs in the country, but App rarely loses. They play teams really tough if they do lose, and they've been able to knock off you know top 10 teams over the years. And and this is a App State is a school that was an FCS program, won three national championships, and then moved up. They're now in the Sun Belt. They've won multiple Sun Belt championships, multiple bowl, bowl games. And so the next level, things continued. But what's crazy is the coaches have changed. Now, I love Jerry Moore. He's the one that really got things started um, and built the program. But he built a program in a way that other coaches have been able to continue that, to continue that culture. And this is rare in college football. I mean, there are very few programs in all of college football that are awesome regardless of the head coach. That, that have been able to, you know, just kind of keep rolling even as coaches retire or leave or whatever. Um, but App is right there in the mix, and, and it says a lot. So uh, love Sean Clark, what he's doing. He's a former player, has been with the program a long time, and, and so he's the head coach now and, and love how he represents the, the, the team. So, uh, so anyway, you'll hear a little bit about that uh, with David, but we get into uh, to a lot of other things as well. Before we jump in, I do want to thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. Members of MediShare save up to 50% or more per month on their healthcare costs. They say the typical family saves up to $500 per month, and you can become a member at any time. My family, we've been members for over six years, and it, uh, it this is the time to check it out. Go to MediShare.com slash unpacking it. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. Find out if MediShare is the right fit for you and your family. Uh, get a quote and check it out. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. Well, right now, let's jump in. Here's David Pollack from ESPN. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us today on the MediShare guest line is ESPN college football analyst David Pollack. Check out David and the crew this Saturday morning as college game day will be up in Boone, home of my alma mater, App State. David, always great to have you on, unpacking it, appreciate it. And, and let's start. Have you personally ever been to Boone before? I have not been to Boone. This is my first trip, but I've heard wonderful Wonderful things about it. I'm sure you would uh, echo those sentiments. But no, nah, these are the shows, man. These are the shows that when I look back over all my years on game day, it's the James Madisons and the North Dakota States. And those are the shows that you, I think, remember you know so fondly because they're just different. And uh, if you saw the videos of Boone like storming the <laughs> storming the castle, basically like bravehearting it yep. after the A and M win, it was it was an awesome scene. And if we get something like that, I think we'll be we'll be pretty dang happy. Absolutely. The fans are nuts. And I was up there a couple of weeks ago for the UNC game. And, and that was a, a special atmosphere as well. And I know everybody's fired up for, for the game day crew to be there. Um, so quick suggestion though. So my two favorite restaurants, Capone's pizza and McAdoo's 
So okay. who who normally picks where you guys eat on Friday or Saturday night? Well, I I, I usually pick where I want to eat. There you go. <laughs> All right, not, good. All right. I always I always what, what's what's you said McAdoo's? McAdoo's. Yep, that's right okay, downtown. What, what, kind of, what kind of grub we got there? That that sort of sandwiches, American, they've got everything. Huge menu. Okay, sweet. I I'm I'm in for the the salads and the those kind of things. If they, if they have those, I'm in. Yeah, you're the healthy guy, so that's yeah. The pizza is probably a bad recommendation, but they they were my sponsor in uh, in college, so I, I love Capone's Pizza. Oh, boom! Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, awesome. Well, I hope you have an awesome time. And, and let me first ask you kind of a question about uh, app and, and and the big thing for me because I I've, I was there during the championship years and I was at the app Michigan game, and so I love this team. But from your perspective, you know, what do you make of of how app has been able to keep the culture going because oftentimes we talk about when a head coach takes over they got to create the culture they got to rebuild the culture at different programs but it doesn't matter who's coaching at app the culture remains the same what do you make of that it's 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 unique i don't think it's something that's normal you know i think most most programs have ebbs and flows with with their offense and with their offensive coaches and defensive coaches and head coaches and they seem to be impervious to that. It's crazy. Like, you look at the top ten against Tennessee, you know, you get a double overtime. In North Carolina, you go into overtime, and you beat Michigan, you beat A&M. Like, just that's against top ten teams. Like, the last five ones, it's been great games. And um, I just – I don't know why people keep scheduling them. That's their fault. That's just <laughs> stupid. Um, but, but, but you watch – I was watching the tape again last night, and, you know, the physicality of the team. You know, it didn't matter who's running the ball. Obviously, you're down your best running back. And it doesn't matter. You know, Flowers is going to tote it. Whoever's going to tote it, they're going to run hard, physical. The offensive line is one of the best in the country, period, not just um, not just for any specific level of football. And Chase Bryce makes enough plays with his feet. You know, you saw a couple big scramble plays to extend drives and scramble to throw. And even the touchdown pass, the first touchdown pass was a, was still a little bit of a, a fake scramble, a little half rollout. He flips it to the tight end to catch it. So um, they do just enough. They just play physical. They, um, they're they not scared, apparently, to go anywhere and, and play in any atmosphere, and they've had a lot of success. Absolutely. And I should say the coach doesn't matter, but it's just amazing that the consistency with different coaches uh, has has made all, all the difference. So uh, really cool there. And then also – you know, as we've we've seen college football, you know, changing left and right, and all these, you know, things are are sort of flipping the the sport upside down a little bit. H- how do you see schools like App State fitting into the future of college football? I think they fit great, and I say that because I, I think the world, I think the the parity in college football is going to continue to grow. But I look at this like the NCAA tournament now. Mm. Like App State's going to have a bunch of five year guys. True. Like you look at A and M's roster. Roster A&M's roster is a bunch of th- four and five star kids, highly recruited kids, but they're super young. App State's got a bunch of kids that have played that are they're twenty two, twenty three year old grown men, and mm. so it's kind of like that in the NCAA tournament, right? You start to see the the teams that play together for three and four years and grow up and develop. Now I think you're seeing some of those kids leave now for bigger schools in basketball. I think more so, but football, I think you're going to continue to see more parity because you're grabbing kids from different schools, um, rebuilding instead of reloading or rebuilding it quicker and plugging holes quicker than having to retool it and Mm. completely rebuild it for schools. So I think we're going to continue to have parity. And I think, you know, app states like, like a mid major that's really good, like Butler and in basketball. 
I like the comparison. Absolutely. And and I love the the expanded playoff because it at least gives App a shot at, at getting in. So I, I like that that at least is a possibility, which is which is cool moving forward. All right, let's let's catch up on on you and and, and what's been going on. We we love talking to you each year and, and I know that you're you're coaching uh for a local high school football team. So so how has that been going? And and maybe what have you learned about yourself during coaching? Uh, I learned I'm incredibly selfish. Um, I, I did learn that because, like, you know, you get up in the mornings at, you know, 6 a.m. for practices a lot of times, like on Thursdays or during the summer. And um, and, and then you see school start, and we practice sometimes before school, and especially with bye weeks. And I'm like and, – and, and, and it ruins the first part of my day. And I'm like, dang. And then I'm like, oh, wait, these coaches, they go to school after this. And they go all day long. And they barely get paid for what they do. Um so I think definitely an appreciation for people that are in those roles that serve our kids in these sports. And, you know, we get so riled up about them when we care about them so much. And these coaches are just putting a lot into it. So I think, you know, just sacrificing time. But I, it, it's about the, the building relationships with kids. And I'm not, a, I'm not in the leadership role. You know, I'm an assistant, you know, defensive line coach. But I get to, you know, have good, good conversation with kids about their faith and about what they're struggling with and what they're going through and, um, you know, the kid, I've gotten to know the kids really, really well, especially my defensive line group that I get to work with a lot and just trying to teach them ball and teach them about life and, and help them as much as I can. But I've definitely realized that I'm a selfish butthole. How about that? <laughs> it, it, it took, uh, it took coaching to realize that, huh? No, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I, with two young daughters, I'm, I'm realizing that more and more every day. So, uh, I'm, I'm growing in that, that area as well. Um, all right, we'll, we'll talk a little broadcasting as well, and I've enjoyed college game day so far this season and, and can't wait, of course, for, for Saturday. Um, I'm curious, though, as I, as I watch you and, and you do such an awesome job on, on TV, how do you handle the praise that you get for being on TV, and how do you handle the criticism that also comes from being on TV and being wrong and, and having takes that certain fan bases don't like? What, what have you learned in both those areas over the years? I, mean, I think that started too as a football player. Like you're, you know, you get all the headlines, and then if you don't, you you get, you know, some some vitriol or some some hate, whatever. Like so, I just I, I don't I don't really care, mm. and I don't I don't know if that sounds bad or um, I'm not looking for for the praise of of men. I'm not looking for the praise of people. I mean, I'm not. It's not why I do my job. That's not why. That's not how I live my life. I'm going to do the best version of me I can do. Um, and I think I've told you this in the past, but I tell people all the time, like, you know, some people don't like rich people. Some people don't like happy or poor people. Some people don't like happy people. Some people don't like sad people. Some people don't like people. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter what you do. So, you know, I'm not searching for, and I, listen, I'm not going to read half the crap either, but like, I enjoy the Twitter. I, I especially enjoy when people throw shade at me like that that is way more fun than <laughs> when people throw good at you but like and I and I was talking to my wife about this because you know ch shows change and things change and life changes and I'm like you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna honor God in everything I do mm. whether people like it or not whether you you like my style whether you don't like my style whether you like what I have to say or, or you don't like what I have to say I'm just I'm gonna try to do it to the best of my ability and I'm not gonna curse and I'm not gonna um, you know, I'm not going to slander people. I'm just going to try to be very honest and um, give you my honest opinion of what I think on television or what I think on my podcast. I realize I'm not going to be perfect at my job. Mm. Like, I'm not going to be perfect speaking. I'm not going to be perfect with my picks. I'm not going to be perfect in life. Like, 
you know, one thing that was really powerful that I, that I heard in a, in a sermon, and I think you would really appreciate this. Like, and I told my small group this the other night, my Wednesday night eighth grade kids, I was like, listen, guys, when you get in an argument and you start going back and forth and you really dig in, like we've all been in those arguments with our wife, like, and we start to realize like my wife's right, I'm wrong. Like you start to see it, but you've kind of dug in, right, Rice? Like you, you feel like you're, you're dug in. You're not wrong when you admit it and you say sorry. Mm. You're not wrong anymore. Mm. Like I, I'm not wrong when I say I'm sorry, honey. Like I shouldn't have said that. Like it's it's it, it's my job to restore that. It's my job to say I'm sorry. And listen, don't do the the Davy like I can do sometimes. And I'm sorry, whatever. Like sincerely say you apologize, and um, you're not wrong anymore. Then the ball's in their court, and it's their decision whether they want to forgive you or not. Because you know, obviously, if you're going to you know accept grace from God every day, then you dang sure better extend it. But amen. Um, but I think that's some of the things that that I've realized or are focused on along the way that. You know, you just kind of, you got to do you. Mm. I love it. And and you do. And, and I always appreciate, yeah, the, the confidence with, with which you give your thoughts on teams and players and there, there's conviction behind it. And it's not just to, just to move the needle. Hey, sometimes, what, sometimes there's so much conviction and I'm <laughs> so flipping wrong, you know, like, <laughs> that's okay. so really, I mean, I, I can promise you everything I say, I believe, and I'm going to watch tape and I'm going to study, but in the end, if I had a crystal ball, it would be great. And if I knew what was coming, it'd be great. But my job is to watch and say, this is what I think is going to happen. And unfortunately, when you do that on television, you're going to be wrong. Like, it's going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to swing hard, but sometimes I strike out, dude. Hey, that, that's all right. Even going into last week against Texas A&M, I, di- I didn't see how it was possible App would win that game. So I was pleasantly uh, surprised and glad to be wrong on, on that one. So I'm, I'm right there with you. All right, so you mentioned uh, Twitter, and and I wanted to unpack or have you unpack a couple of your recent tweets. And in and, and this one on on parenting, you, you say, parenting is hard as we strive for the well-being of our kids. In our desire for them to become the best version of themselves, how we discipline is important. When done in love, we build a foundation of respect that encourages a desire to obey out of trust, not fear. So, so can you take that a little bit further and, and give us some kind of a backdrop to that? Yeah, we're studying this in small group with a bunch of couples and, you know, we're all meeting together and we're all from, you know, different backgrounds with different age kids and some kids that are getting married and some kids that are in college and high school and middle school and elementary school, whatever. And so, you know, we're meeting together and we're trying to figure out how do we teach our kids obedience? How do we teach our kids discipline? And, you know, what we've really honed in on is a couple of things. Like one thing is, you know, we want our kids to obey us because like do the right thing because it's the right thing. Mm. We don't want them to do the right thing out of fear. We don't want them to do the right thing because, you know, we're going to, we're going to punish them. We want them to do the right thing because it's the right thing. And so we've kind of gone through a lot of different things and how do we teach our kids how, um, you know, grow in, in discipline and responsibility and obedience and be, be equipped. Like my wife is, is very passionate about making, you know, our kids are 12 and 10, uh, 12, no, they're 14 and 12. Golly, I'm old. They're 14 and 12, and they've, they've known how to do their laundry for a while, and they know how to unload the dishwasher and clean the house and take the trash out. And, you know, we're trying to build a, a foundation of responsibility. And, and listen, so how do we do that? We're trying to make sure that when we make commitments, we stick to them. Mm. Like, they're not negotiable. Like, when we make, when we say, we made a commitment to, to do something we're going to do. We made a commitment to a sports team, we're going to do it. You know, like, those are, those are things that there's, 
they have to understand, like when we say we're going to be about something, you know, we're going to be about something. There needs to be consequences for their actions, natural consequences, like learning how to let kids fail. Mm. That's a part of it, man. Like we got to teach our, we can't come in and go, we like, let's save them. So, you know, me and my wife, we're trying to find areas where, you know, we can create struggle and we can help them learn how to deal with adversity and how to, how to face that and buckle down and get, and, and, and rise to it, not, not cower from it. And, and we're trying to work on natural consequences, you know, like how do we let our kids, you know, face some things and, and fail and face some things and learn how to, how to deal with, with failure because it's, it's inevitable, right? Like we're all, we're all going to face failure. We're all going to have um, some, some, some of that in our life and how do we deal with it? How do we respond to it? And what are the, the natural consequences? So I, that's, that's some things that the genesis of that was from small group and trying to grow and trying to get better because what we realize in group, and, and I think you know this too, and we, we all know this deep down, we're all screwing this up and we're all learning in the journey. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Don't look at social media and don't look at all that crap and think parents got it all together because mm. we're all figuring it out and we all mess up. But how are we going to you know bond together and help each other and grow and hold each other accountable to try to do the best job we can as we learn as parents? Amen. I love it. I, I've got a, a three and a one-year-old, so I'm, I'm, I'm learning every day. And even speaking about oh, yeah. uh, discipline the other night during the, the bath, I, I told her, Hey, don't pour the water out of the, of the tub. And she of did. Tub, yeah. And she did again. And so I was like, all right, I got to take the cup from you. And so she had a big meltdown because I took the cup from her because I told her not to pour it out. Well, then, you know, 10 minutes later or whatever, as I'm, I'm getting her ready, I give her a hug and she goes, I love you, daddy. And so it was just like this reminder that, okay, discipline when done in love, they actually appreciate it. Like deep down, they need it. They want it. And so, uh, anyway, so I, I'm, I'm with you and, uh, that that's encouraging to me as I continue to, to learn and, and try to figure things out along the way. So that's, uh, that's a good, good tweet there from, uh, from David. Uh, one other tweet, more, more spiritually speaking, um, you, you tweeted the world screams, fake it till you make it. God whispers, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. His presence is greater than our performance. Can, can you unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah, I mean, I think we all we all get caught in the rat race. We all chase. We all chase. And we all, what do we like? We like noise. We all, we go to work all day long and we grind all day long. Like, and then we come home and, and I notice my, the first thing I do, it's amazing. I'll come home and, and I've had a busy day of all kinds of stuff and I turn my, and I turn the TV right on. Mm. Why? Because I want more noise. Like I just, we're, we're accustomed and we're used to noise. Like we're used to all of that. We're used to saying that success is dictated by your career. Like I got to go chase it. I got to give up family time to make sure I got to give things up now to make sure later I'm set up. And that is absolutely not what God wants us to do. I mean, God, wa God's going to meet us exactly where we're at. He's going to, he wants us to be, one of the things I really learned when I was in my neck brace is, it's, the Bible says, be still in, in Mahalo and, and that period, be still and know that I am God. Mm. And unless we slow down and unless we turn down the noise and turn down the comparison game, a lot of times we're going to continue to keep chasing and keep getting on that treadmill that just continues to run. And it's going to run mm. and it's going to run and it's going to run. So I think, you know, if we can find those moments and, and, not, and try not to listen to the outside noise, I think we'll find a lot more peace. We'll find a lot more joy. We'll become what God wants us to be as opposed to what we think this world wants to be. Because if, we, if we're if we chasing to be of the world, dude, 
right? We're always going to be able to point to somebody else we're better than. Always. It's true. You're going to find that in your life. Dude, if that's your standard, you'll, you can have a great life and you can, and you can point at everybody throughout your whole life. But mm-hmm. like, to me, that's not the standard. If Jesus is my standard and I'm pointing to Jesus, that's a different standard I'm holding myself to. Then, oh, that guy's bad. That guy makes mistakes. So I think that's the, the genesis behind that. That's cool. No, that's that's excellent. And 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 I, one other thing, just kind of along along those lines, as far as you know, I think the the fall for for people is always a busy season. I know for you, that's especially true. You're coaching, and you got college football going on, and and you got to be on TV at different times. You got to be on location at, at different times. And so, as you talk about that 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 rat race, what what are some of the other kind of rhythms that are so crucial for you, just to remain? You know, connected to the Lord and, and connected in, in fellowship, even in the midst of busyness. Cause I, I even know for me, it's just like, man, I'm letting time slip away. I'm getting caught up in, in the, in the day-to-day stuff. And so I got to, to your point about pausing, but what are some of those other kind of practical uh, rhythms for you? Well, first of all, I get caught up too. So I, I'm not going to sit here and act like my day is just beautiful every day. <laughs> and perfect. And I get up every morning at four 30 and read my Bible for an hour and a half. I, I, I try, I have a men's group that we meet you know, every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. I'm in town every Wednesday. I don't miss that. I go to church every Sunday. I go, we go to church and we, we go to church every Wednesday night. I lead an eighth grade small group. My wife leads a seventh grade small group. I do the boys. She does girls. Like those are rhythms that aren't negotiable. Mm. You know, those aren't things that we go, oh, I had a rough flight Saturday. No, no, no. We're going to church. Oh, my, my wife felt bad last night. No, we're going to church. Uh, sports practices, which we have on Wednesday nights. Last night, Leah had basketball practice for her for the high school thing that they do. We went to church. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so th- those are things that are always going to be there for us. And now, wh- what are you studying? Like right now, we're doing different things about what does the Bible say? Like our small group for Wednesday mornings is first thing we did was what does the Bible say about the Bible? Mm-hmm. And so all week, we're trying to find things about like, you know, it's, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. We're going through scriptures. Like how do we arm ourselves and realize it's the living, breathing word, word of God? Like, what does the Bible say about that? We, this week was really cool. I, I thought it was going to be a struggle, but, you know, again, we got a lot of kids. We did premarital sex. Oh. What does the Bible say about premarital sex? Well, like this morning, you know, because you, 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 you have all this time when you meet with, or you, you, you're pouring, you're putting stuff in, putting stuff in. Well, how do we get it out? You know, it was really awesome. I got to meet with a high school kid this morning that he's a sophomore, and I got to take what we learned in group and, and teach him. Like, what does the Bible say about premarital sex? What does it say about this? What does it say about that? So I think it's, you know, to me, it's always those, you know, Wednesday morning, small group, Wednesday night, church, you know, worship, small group with the kids, Sunday, every day. And then what am I studying throughout the week? I, I mean, am I reading books that, that feed my soul? Am I reading things that help, help me grow and get better? A lot of times I go through books, and I've told you this before, I go through books with people and we send chapter updates and you know, like right now, J-Dub, one of my guys at ESPN, we're going through Daniel. And he sends me a synopsis of, you know, chapter one in Daniel and his takeaways. And, and I'll do the same thing or we'll go through books with, with our studies. But that's, you know, that's, that's our life. Are we perfect at it? No. I mean, but, but I do think, you know, 99% of Sundays we're at church. 99% of Wednesdays we're at church and we're leading small groups. And, and that's not negotiable. Man, that is so encouraging, and and I I'm with you on the the commitment. And, and unfortunately, we live in a society people have a tough time committing and and staying faithful in in a lot of different areas, but especially with church. And and you know, unfortunately, we got out of that rhythm with the with the Rona for a while there, and some people haven't gotten back into that rhythm. 
And so to hear that from you, to say that in the middle of college football season, where I know you're up late Saturday night watching games and you're, you're busy all day Saturday, to still get up Sunday morning, I think that, that speaks a, a lot. Um, and, I, and I hope that people are challenged by that because uh, we got to be in church. It's just the, the, the importance of, of the fellowship and the worship and, and to have the, yeah, the commitment to that. And what, what's, what's priority? Is, is football more, more of a priority than communing with God and fellowshipping with God and worshiping God and, and with his people? So, um, yeah. yeah no, it's, but that being said, the, the world's going to tell us that, and, 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 and we got to be careful to listen, the world's going to tell us that, oh, we got to play sports on weekends. And mm. we gotta, we gotta go travel baseball, and we gotta do X, and we gotta do Y, and and that's not the truth. Like mm. it's not the truth at all. Like we, if we make it a priority, we're gonna be just fine. We're not missing out on anything with our kids. Like our kids are gonna learn more in church, and the dedication for church, and that being a relationship with them is is gonna they're, they're gonna hang their cleats up with whatever sport they play. No mm. matter no matter how old, at, at some point they're gonna hang them up. They're gonna have a relationship, and hopefully have a relationship with God and, and a relationship with the church throughout their whole life, you know, and that's what hopefully we feed into and build into. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I want to mention a couple things before we, uh, before we, we wrap up. And, and I know that you talk a lot about this, these types of topics on your family goals podcast, and, and you just finished up a, a year of, of doing that. What, what has that experience been like and, and how has, has that doing that show uh, been a blessing to you? A huge blessing because, again, when you have to prepare for a topic, what do you do? You study it more mm. and you study it better. If I have to write a, a chapter synopsis you know, of a book I'm reading, I have to study it and I have to write down notes and, and make it a priority. So for me, that that's the better. When I have to prep for something every week in a small group, when I have to prep for something for family goals, and, and listen, it's been awesome too to have Tony Dungy and Mark Rick and all these different Jeff Foxworthy and all these different people like talking about their faith and why it's important to them and their stories and how, how God's moved in their lives. And so it's been great on that end, but it's also been great because, you know, it makes me accountable. You know, my wife listens to the podcast and she'll call me on the heartbeat and has multiple times. You ain't living what you say. And I'm like, mm, take that one to the liver. All right. Um, and, and then, and then try to do better, but just like being a small group leader, um, you know, I love that because there is more accountability with me. Like I'm looked at different by people in my church now because I'm leading these people. Like mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be, you know, their quote unquote leader. Like me and my wife are leading small groups. So they're going to look to us a certain kind of way. So I just, I love the accountability that comes with it. I, yes, I can, I can relate because I, I write a devotional Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And so that gets me in the word and studying it and trying to understand it in a, in a deeper way and then having to teach it and share that with, with the people that, that read it. So, uh, it's so true. And th that's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. So that's, that's cool. You're doing the podcast, family goals podcast, uh, encourage people to check that out. And, and then also what, what's the, the latest with the Pollock family foundation and how did things go in the off season? I'm sure where you're, you're able to, to spend more time, uh, focused on that. No, it's been going great. Um, you were continuing to evolve just like everything else. Um, you know, our main focus was, was childhood obesity for a long time because it's impacted me and my wife and in a strong way. But we've kind of changed and we want to do more, you know, when we see a need, we want to go serve it. Mm. And um, so kind of we're kind of opening up to, to more diverse situations. But I think, you know, we've got somebody helping us run social media, which has been great because now we're, we're a lot more active. We're putting more videos out. We're putting more content out so people can kind of see – you know, what we're doing, how we're doing, why we're doing. 
Um, and then, you know, we had our golf tournament, which was awesome every single year. And we're going to have more and more events, but, um, we're just going to go where led and, and serve where needed. Um, and that's kind of what, what we do with what we're trying to do with our families, just find more places to, to get our kids and to get us serving people. Amen. Yeah. How important is that to, for your kids to understand serving, especially at, at their age? How have you been able to kind of yeah teach them that, show them that? It's hard, man. We live in a bubble over here where we live that we, we got a bunch of kids that have everything they want and everything they need. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of struggle. So again, when you make people serve and, and you make them serve, like we go find, you know, we're finding other opportunities. We're finding other things that there's people that are way less fortunate. And how do we go make their lives better? Like we don't deserve what we have. Mm. Like we've been given, we've been given a lot, but we don't deserve it. And there's a lot of people going through a lot of things. And so trying to find avenues where, you know, we can do that at church and we can do that, you know, like it was really, really cool. Our church does that. Our church does a really good job with that is getting out in the community and going and serving. And um, so we try to find every avenue we can with our kids. And, um, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a challenge. I will, I will admit that's a challenge with, with where we live and the privilege in which we live over here. Um, you know, we, ha- we have to find ways for our kids to serve and, and make it very intentional because otherwise I, I don't think we're going to find a lot of them. And, and teaching them at a young age, it's, it's huge. That's a, that's a game changer. So that's encouraging as well. Uh, well, David, always love, love catching up with you. And, and of course, you're, you're all in on, on college football. But what is your fantasy football NFL-wise? What, how is that looking this year? You playing again? Yeah, you know what's great, man? It's awesome. I got a built-in excuse. Like, listen, first of all, I'm the, I'm the all-in guy or nothing. I do, not have, I do not do well with all switches. My wife will, will tell everybody that, trust me. Um, so my wife, we have a family league. So nice. my daughter has a team. My son has a team. My wife has a team. Um, my father or my dad, my mom, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, my mother-in-law, like all of us are in a, my uncle, Tim, like we're all in my Aiden, my, my nephew, we're all in a league together, but Leah, I run Leah's team basically. So there's not a lot of pressure. I don't have to worry about being all in. So and then when Leah's team starts to lose or if it starts to lose, then I just run my wife's team. So it's amazing. I kind of got like a farm system. It, it's beautiful. <laughs> but but I'll say this. We're 0-1. We're actually, the pilots are 0-3. Uh-oh. We went, we went 0-3 week one to losing to Mimi, to Pop, to like to a bunch of the, the Grammy. Like it, it wasn't a good it wasn't a good first week. Man, we'll step it up. You're, I remember a couple of years ago you mentioned DeAndre Swift. He, he got off to a great start. So hopefully you got him on one of those teams. Yeah, he's doing all right. Yeah, we'll get him going for sure. Well, David, really appreciate it. Enjoy Boone. You'll love it. It's the best place on earth, uh, especially this time of year. So uh, so soak it in, and, and we'll be watching. I, I appreciate you being a part of Unpacking It today. Appreciate it, my man. Thanks, Bryce. All right. Thanks a lot. There's David Pollock, ESPN college football analyst, joining us here on the MetaShare guest line right here on the Unpacking It podcast. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. He's one of the best, David Pollock. Tremendous conversation once again. And what's really cool about that interview and the timing of it is normally we get him on kind of right before the season or a couple of weeks before the season. I'll reach out each year and he's always kind enough to come on and we'll kind of preview the college football season and, and all that sort of thing. Well, this year 
he had a lot going on, had to push it back a couple of weeks. And you know, I was a little bummed. I'm like, oh, man, we missed the window of you know the start of college football and all that kind of thing. But I truly believe God is in the details. And, and, and often and once in a while, he does unique things just to, just to say, hey, I love you. I'm in the details. And here's something cool. That's cool. That the week he goes up to Boone, college game day for the first time, his first time in Boone, I'm able to you know, wear my App State gear proud after beating Texas A&M. Uh, of course, my co-host on the live show, Luke, went to Texas A&M. Um, and so to be able to have David on this week, days before they're up there, is a big deal. And I know it's not a big deal to every listener right now, but it's a big deal to me. And I just appreciate those kinds of things that, that God does for me. And does it, you know, is it the, the biggest thing ever? No, it's a, it's a small, kind, little, is it, somebody say, oh, it's just a coincidence. Are you kidding me? I mean, they, they, these things, God works in all the details. He, he sees the whole picture. He, he works things out for us, uh, for our good. And he's a loving father. And, and so he gives us good gifts. And, and today, that's a fun thing for me. So thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for uh, putting up with my, my app fandom. Um, and, I, and I hope that you were encouraged, though, by what David shared today. And, you know, I, I think, gosh, both of those tweets that he, that he unpacked uh, were, were really good. And he didn't necessarily get into this too much. Um, but this whole idea that he tweeted, the world screams, fake it till you make it. And, you know, it's this whole, this whole, I don't, he didn't talk about it. I'll just talk about it just because I think it's an interesting topic where we just sort of pretend like we're fine and we just sort of all right i'm i'm yeah i'm happy ah, i'm happy and you just kind of put on a fake smile and and you just keep going and and i like i understand why the world does that and and there's some value to it i guess to a certain extent from a worldly standpoint but there's just so much there's a better option that we can genuinely be hopeful joyful and at peace, in the midst of waiting, and, and this idea of making it is silly anyway, whatever making it means, but whatever the next, you know, whatever we're waiting on and, you know, we need, need a breakthrough in our life or, um, you know, maybe going through a struggle and a, and a tough season of life. And, and so, you know, it's like, man, I just got to make it. I got to make it through today. I got to make it through this tough season. And we don't have to fake it. Like, on one end, we can acknowledge that, yeah, I'm struggling. Like, this is, things are not good right now. but. I have hope, I have peace, I have joy that God is with me, that God loves me. God is uh, working things out for good. And, and so we don't have to get caught up in the, the fake smiles, the fake, oh yeah, everything's fine. Oh yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. No, it's not. Are you kidding me? Now, you can't tell it to everybody, but, but we gotta be able to share with, with people that are close with us what's really going on, the truth of our lives, the truth of who we are, the truth of our, you know, our doubts, our questioning, our concerns, our fears, um, and, and then get that encouragement from other people, ultimately getting into God's word to, to be, you know, renewed and encouraged by him, um, to spend time with him. And as he, you know, David also tweeted, you know, with God, Jesus tells us, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's, that's, that's what God's word says. And, and so we can, we can rest in him. Um, and so we don't have to just fake it till we make it. Oh, I just got to keep going on. Now, come on, come to, come to Jesus, come to Jesus in a genuine way, 
heart open, mind open, and he will give us rest, peace. Stop striving. Stop just trying to do it in our own strength. Just stop trying to just make it, just survive, but we can actually thrive. Um, and, and trust me, this is hard for me. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I talk about this all the time, but as a, as a young dad, it is hard. Three and one-year-old, oh my gosh. It, and this week, all my girls are sick, uh, my wife too. So it's been a tough week. So it's just like, <laughs> come on, come on. So there are moments where I just want to fake it till I make it, just get through the week. Um, but, but again, what, what David talked about and what he tweeted, God whispers, uh, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So that's the encouragement for us today. I'm sure somebody needs to hear that. We all need to hear it. How about that? So, uh, man, so much good stuff from David. He delivers yet again and, and really appreciate uh, his, his willingness to, to come on and, and make, uh, make this interview work on, on a busy week for him. He had some things going on uh, personally, uh, but still, as he talked about, commitment. And, and so, um, yeah, got an email this morning and they, they had a, a, a death in, in their, uh, close family friend. And, you know, he still prioritized being, a, you know, going to the visitation, uh, but his willingness to stay committed to this interview and he made it work. Um, I think that says a lot about him. Uh, cause trust me, there are a lot of guests that find excuses and then we try to reschedule or try to make it work and they're just not willing to. And it, it says, it says something about their character. I hate to say it now, you know, things come up and you can't do it. I get it. I absolutely get it. And I've got grace and understanding. Uh, but a lot of times people just never respond or never. Oh yeah. Sorry. I can't make it. Oh, oh, okay. And they leave me hanging. It's like, are you serious? And so that's, that, that is discouraging to me, but someone like David, who's been so loyal each year coming on, always willing to come on and then to stay committed, even as things pop up. And even now that the season has started and all the, the things he has going on, coaching and all that, um, to take some time for, for you, the unpacking it listener, uh, to be a part of this podcast is, uh, is cool. And then to, to be able to share, you know, really good truth and, and wisdom and encouragement. That's what we love here at unpacking it. So thank you, David Pollock. Awesome stuff. We'll be watching Saturday. College game day, baby, in Boone. It's funny. David didn't jump at my, my Capone's pizza. Man, he's too healthy. It's terrible. I should. I, what, what a knucklehead. I, am I a knucklehead or what? I'm telling him to go to a pizza place. David doesn't go to pizza places. The guy's in great shape. He's, a, you know, he's, uh, he's got a whole foundation against, uh, <laughs> against eating healthy or for eating healthy against junk food, essentially. Um, so gosh, I'm the worst, but, uh, but, but Capone's is the best. So, you know, if you're only going to go to Boone one time, you got to go to Capone's pizza. You got to get a cannoli. You got to get a stromboli. So in college, I had a college radio station. So the show was called sports. Yap, And we were on WASU. We were on twice a week for an hour each. And we talked, you know, sports and local sports, national sports. It was fantastic. Uh, ended up actually the show was nationally recognized. It was really cool. But we had Capone's as our presenting sponsor of the show, and they would bring us three large pizzas. Like, I'm saying lar large pizzas to the studio twice a week. Hot pizza that we would eat before and after the show. Usually, I, I couldn't eat before the show. Too nervous. But I'd eat after the show. And people would always linger around the station and, and try to get some pizza. So we always had like a like other people from that worked at the station, other DJs and stuff. They'd always find their way 
to uh, to weigh Hall on uh, Mondays and Thursdays trying to get the extra pizza. Uh, but then whatever extra pizza, I would bring it home to my roommates and I lived with like six other guys. And, and so they would love Monday and Thursday nights because I bring home Capone's pizza. But you know how ridiculous people are in college. We would leave that pizza out on the table. Like a lot of it would, it would get eaten, but then there'd always be, you know, a couple slices left. We would leave that out. I don't want to say days at a time, but I'm not going to not say days at a time. And it eventually would get eaten. Ah, it's terrible. Gosh, it's terrible. I am the worst. So actually, some, actually, I never eat. I never eat that later because I'd always have it fresh, fresh the night of. But uh, but anyway, so hopefully, uh, hopefully David has a fun time in Boone and finds a good salad for himself uh, in, in Boone. Good for him. I'm not going to downplay that. That's a good that's a good thing. That's a good decision. I probably should eliminate some of the pizza in my in my life. So that's a good good challenge. Good challenge. Thank you, David. All right. That's all I got for today. As you can tell, I'm excited. This was a fun day. Thanks for listening. If you're still listening here at the end, uh, I appreciate you. Appreciate all your support. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.